trapped Linda Rogers, brutally raped her, and left her mind demented. Linda will never be completely sane again. Yeah, that should help. Will it knock me out? No, just calm you down. I sure hope so. Now, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, that's debatable. It's all been like a bad dream. Well, that's probably exactly what it was. Linda's unfaithful husband found his pleasures elsewhere. I make it tonight. I just brought my wife back from the hospital. Her mental condition was in serious jeopardy, and no one was giving her the help she needed. She was having nightmares, the same horrible dream, night after night, until she couldn't distinguish it from reality. Her nightmares chased her, and chased her, and chased her. Rogers left his wife alone often to be in his lover's arms. <laughs> And those times alone were filled with sick, horrible illusions. She couldn't take it any longer. She became demented. She got rid of her nightmares, one at a time. and welcome to this week's bonus edition of the Blind Rage Podcast. This week I am... There's a dog barking, of course. Um, dipping in to the B-Movie Bonanza vault to bring you the commentary for 1980's Demented, starring Sally Elise and Harry Reams of Deep Throat Infamy. This is a guilty pleasure, or was a guilty pleasure at one point. Uh, it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I used to think it was fun to just make fun of, but you can only make fun of a movie yourself so many times before it gets boring. That's why I've never been able to sit through the room in, uh, in its entirety. Um, but I have wanted to do that with a group. Um, and I thought about doing a commentary for it, but I don't think I could fill the, what is it, 100, 
104 minute running time or something like that. Anyway, Demented. Interestingly enough, when I recorded this particular episode back in, I believe, 2015-ish, the rip that I used as a source was from Netflix. And if you look at Netflix now, you won't see anything at all uh, resembling Demented. Not just as far as content is concerned, but as far as the era. There's no early 80s slasher horror to be found. The majority of the content on Netflix these days is their own, and you get uh, movies from outside sor- outside sor- outside sources in dribs and drabs, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is, and I can't believe I just used one of the phrases I hate most in this world, but you do what you gotta do when you're reaching for things to say and doing an introduction that you don't want to do. (laughs) I hate doing these introductions. I really, really do. That's why I always save them for last. So yeah, I don't, I can't, mm. it might be on YouTube, it probably is. It seems to be where to go if you want to search for obscure movies these days. Or perhaps you can try effed up movies, E-F-F-E-D, movies, movies.com. That's where I've found a lot of obscure and um, rare uh, films, intense films. They have a lot of uh, really uber violent, crazy stuff on there. So, yeah, if you have a strong stomach, yeah, it's like the Tubi. It's like a Tubi, but for the extreme. So, there's even phases of death on there. <laughs> uh, and the guinea pig series. And the American guinea pig series. I don't know why I'm talking about that but anyway so yeah Demented 1980 starring Sally Elise and Harry Reams if you want to watch along feel free to do so if not I will have the movie audio playing in the background it's not a very complex story so if you just want to listen to my commentary as well as the movie audio you will be able to follow it pretty closely And uh, I want to encourage you to please go to audible.com and check out my most recent collection of short stories, Progressive Entrapment, um, and to amazon.com to check out my most recent novel, The Mystery of Kelly Christopher, which is available in paperback and Kindle editions. I also have a number of other books available in paperback and Kindle as well as audiobook format, so just type my name in Amazon or Audible and you'll find all, all kinds of good stuff. Jesus Christ, I'm a mess today. All kinds of good stuff. Anyway, so yep, we're going to begin with the 10 count and then we are going to get straight into the movie. Last but not least, I want to encourage you to rate, review, subscribe. I've been begging and pleading all over the place 
for people to just hit the drop down and select a star rating it literally takes about three seconds so if you would do that that would be awesome and um, if you want to send me any questions comments concerns critiques suggestions recommendations for movies that you'd like me to do commentaries for you can reach me at blindragepod81 at gmail.com once again that's blindragepod81 at gmail.com reply is guaranteed alrighty what do you say we get into 1980s demented Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, this is Brandon Ford of bfmovies.blogspot.com, and welcome to another episode of Brandon's B Movie Bonanza. Tonight, we are watching the obscure 1980-rape-revenge-horror-thriller-demented. Uh, I want to point out that the version that I am watching is from Netflix, and it runs... 13153 um if you watch the the media home entertainment edition uh on VHS we should be okay as long as you skip over the media logo at the very beginning of the movie here we have Sally Elise, who plays Linda, uh, sometimes credited as Sally Young, and uh, not exactly 100% sure what she does on this stable, or if she's just if she just uh, likes to ride horses. But um, we get right into it as far as the rape is concerned. Um, she's brutalized in the stable and this is a particularly uh, violent scene. I guess it's pretty tame by today's standards as most of the movies that are the subjects of B-movie Bonanza are, but the Joker mask plays a key role in the film as it is, um, it, it's part and parcel with Linda's eventual uh, mental breakdown. Now, Demented like I said is from 1980 and is from a time 
where rape revenge movies were somewhat popular due to the due to the success and cult following of movies like I Spit on Your Grave, um, Last House on the Left, House at the Edge of the Park, and the Italian movie uh, Last House on the Beach. There's a a lot of them that came out at at the time, um, but the difference between or well, I'm not exactly an expert on on them. They're not particularly. It's not. It's not particularly my favorite subgenre. Although I do like some of them for camp value. Although I will say this: I can't watch the remake of I Spit on Your Grave because it's so disturbing to me that I. It's one of those few movies where I actually had to turn my head from the screen because it was just. It, it was a bit much. Um, Demented differs in that the perpetrators who uh, are, are gang rape the Linda character are apprehended. So there's not really a revenge on them per se. So, uh, Matt, who plays her husband, who is in the car right here, who is played by Harry Reams of Deep Throat fame, who is credited as Bruce Gilchrist here, um, he says in passing, you know, that the men who were responsible for the rape were caught and put away. So, you know, you have nothing to, to worry about. In this scene, this is a very long scene here as we go over the opening titles of the film. And Linda has spent some time in a psych ward. I think it was a month. And now she's being released and uh, starting home again. Now this uh, this is a very uh, again this is a very long scene it seems to go on and on and it look I'm I, I'm pretty sure there's it was all one continual take um, but anyway um, again the the men who were the perpetrators of the the rape in the stable were put away however time spent in the psych ward has obviously not done Linda a whole lot of good as she it is seen immediately upon her return home that she's still very edgy and what has happened to her has had a more profound effect than uh, originally assumed by both her husband and whomever was responsible for her mental health when she was in a psych ward. Um, 
few things about uh, Sally Elise, aka Sally Young. She's also seen in the cult horror film Home Sweet Home, which stars uh, Jake Steinfeld of Body by Jake. And funnily enough, her character is also named Linda in uh, Home Sweet Home. Uh, so I don't know where she is these days. She's not acting anymore. After Demented, she did a few more roles, some walk-on roles on some television shows, and then kind of disappeared. Um, so, Demented was shot, I would have assumed, in... 1979, a very modest budget of $75,000, which I'm sure was considerably low even for 1979, and it was released by Media Home Entertainment on VHS, and according to some research that I did prior to recording this in preparation for the commentary came to find a couple of interesting factoids about the film uh, the first being that uh, 20th Century Fox had considered distributing the film theatrically but ultimately passed when they learned Harry Reams was the male lead and uh, Harry, as well as Linda Lovelace and the rest of the people behind Deep Throat had uh, gained a bit of notoriety and a lot of publicity because of all the controversy surrounding Deep Throat. And... Um, Harry had also spent some time in prison uh, due to his work in Deep Throat, which is funny to me because, you know, there are people who do a hell of a lot worse stuff on film these days. And uh, all he did was have sex, and he did time, but... Um, Harry was trying to be a legitimate actor uh, when he did a, a Deep Throat and continued to pursue acting after Deep Throat. Uh, I don't think he had any porn aspirations because there really weren't porn stars at the time of Deep Throat. Porn really, you know, wasn't in, in the mainstream. Uh, I guess you know he just thought he was doing a movie and that uh, he would move on to other things but it was difficult to do so because of all of the negative press 
uh, especially with his uh, jail time. Surrounding both him and Deepthroat, which again is why he is under the name Bruce Gilchrist for this, this film. But he had a lot of trouble getting work after the fact. I seem to recall a story in which he was, I think it was in the deep, it was mentioned in the Inside Deep Throat documentary where he was supposed to be cast as the gym teacher in Greece. Um, but it was the decision of the studio heads to go with somebody else because they did not want any association with Harry Reams again because of his porn past. So, now we have that out of the way. Also, another interesting thing about um, Demented is that it was not officially a video nasty in the UK. As I'm sure many of you know, there were a number of films, horror films primarily, that were compiled by uh, Mary Whitehouse and banned as uh, being obscene for British audiences. And while the list was originally compiled and clips of certain films were put together to present to... Uh, the board of um, of um, I had notes prepared for this I swear to God um So anyway, she presented the uh, a, a series of clips in 1984 at a meeting to uh, the Conservative Party, and while Demented was a part of this reel of clips, it was, again, not actually a video nasty, but became a video nasty after the fact and was banned until 1987 until Apex Home Video released the film on VHS cutting 1 minute 19 seconds so I hope that's not the version that you're watching because if you are it's cut it, it amazes me um, that some of the films some of the films that were cut, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, some of the films that were part of the, the Video Nasties controversy because some of them I really don't think were as obscene or as graphic and unsuitable for British audiences as Mary Whitehouse. Um, portray them to be and 
There's one thing that I was, um, I'm not exactly 100% clear on as of yet. Uh, but, well, Slumber Party Massacre 2, which was released in 1987, was banned in the UK, I'm assuming for its content, uh, uh, violent content. And still remains banned to this day. But what I'm not clear on is why or how, because by 1987, the video nasties thing was kind of over. And um, I think it was over by then. I'm not, again, I'm not a professional here. <laughs> so you can't go by me. Um, but, to my recollection, as far, yeah, to my knowledge, uh, Slumber Party 2 remains to be uh, banned in the UK. Uh, I have seen uh, DVD versions with the, uh, the title... Uh, Slumber Party Massacre, because it was originally released as Slumber Party Murders, because they didn't want the the, 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 time, the title Massacre. Uh, okay, I, I don't know why I'm going off on that. But, um, here we discover that Matt, uh, Linda's husband, is actually cheating on her, and is not the... Not a very nice guy. Um, his his wife has just been brutalized by several men in a horse stable. Has spent some time in a psychiatric unit. It is going through an obvious mental breakdown and needs constant supervision. And he's with another woman and giving her lots of money so yeah not a very nice guy so as I said uh, Demented was filmed around 1980 1979 uh, directed by Arthur Jeffries from a script by Alex Rebar and uh, uh, this is always makes me roll my eyes when she talks about um, how she's going to see a band called The Big Cool. Whenever you see, or well, in my ex opinion, anyway, whenever a band is introduced in a a book or a movie or a TV show. That's not a real band. It always seems like they come up with the cheesiest, most unrealistic title for the band. And you would never really see or hear of a band with this name. I guess somebody thought that The Big Cool sounded good. And like a, I guess it sounded like a new wave band for that time. But to me it just sounds fake. 
So she claims that she wants money to buy uh, some clothes, some sexy clothes, so that she could look good for him. And he is buying it hook, line, and sinker. Something interesting that I stumbled upon when gathering some information for the film when looking up uh, on IMDb. There are three actors credited as the Joker. The Joker being the vision that the Linda character sees or believes she's seeing. Um, and the, uh, the vision that causes a lot of her her uh, episodes but there are three actors who are credited as playing the Joker uh, Mark Justin uh, Douglas Douglas Price and Robert Mandel who was also one of the rapists in the stable I would assume the one who wore the mask but um, as we've seen earlier she, when she's looking in her vanity mirror she sees a reflection of the of the mask in in the mirror and uh, they had to have uh, different actors for that. <clears throat> There's just some incredibly cheesy dialogue here about uh, why she feels a woman's menstrual cycle is called a period because the term the, the term period sounds so final that it should be called a comma instead. This is obviously top of the line wordsmithing by <laughs> screenwriter uh, Alex Rebar. Now, one thing that I, I want to say, I use that as a as a, a prefix for an awful lot of things. I have to introduce. Things, an awful lot. It's a habit that I need to break, along with my using um and along with my tangents. As I just went off on one. <laughs> okay. And I went on. I one that I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I forgot what I was about to say because of said tangent. But um, I said from the very beginning that. I did not want to start doing these commentaries f with the sole purpose of ripping on the movies, uh, doing a Mystery Science Theater 3000 riff tracks kind of thing. I did not choose films that I found to be bad. Um, uh, I believe all of the ones that I've chosen beforehand 
I do believe to be legitimately decent films. Well-made films, well-acted films. That may make me sound either incredibly insane or incredibly stupid, but that's just my opinion. Um, so, there, there are a lot of websites dedicated to the genre and films and post reviews that are very negative and I really don't understand the point of that. If you don't like the movie, why would you take the time to ramble on endlessly about how bad it is and how poorly acted it is and why everybody should avoid it? If you don't like it, then don't watch it. If you don't like it, then don't write about it. Um... bottom line is everybody has feelings everybody involved in these films thought that they were making legitimate legitimately good work um, I don't think anybody sets out to make a bad film a lot of the time you know even though you've tried your hardest things just don't go according to plan and you don't end up with the result that you were hoping for with the case of Demented, I fully admit it is a bad movie. It is a very bad movie. It's poorly acted, especially by Sally Elise, who really is very, very over the top. And her, her voice is... I don't even know how to describe the octaves that she reaches when she does those ridiculous squeals. Um, the writing is really bad. The dialogue is very cheesy. Um, but Demented is one of those films that even though they got it all wrong, I still find it very amusing and fun to watch and I can enjoy it despite its uh, many many flaws and I didn't really get to a point where I was able to appreciate a, a really bad movie until I was in my mid-twenties if I thought a movie was legitimately bad, I would avoid it at all costs. I, or I would wouldn't get past the first ten minutes. One of my one of the biggest red flags for me was always if it was not shot on thirty five millimeter. If it wasn't shot on film stock, real film stock, then it just looked cheesy and bad and home video-ish and I really didn't want any part of it. I remember the very first movie that I saw that was shot on video was Boarding House. I think it was about 12 or 13 at the time. It was I didn't even know that people shot 
movies that got released on video anyway, uh, on on VHS or, or, or video, I was completely mind blown that I was watching something that looked very much like the home videos that I made with a friend of mine around that time. And uh, much to my surprise, there was a whole slew of them that came out uh, uh, around that time. And many, 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 many since. Some of them are, some of them I can enjoy, some of them not so much. Um, I'm not exactly 100% sure why I chose Demented as the subject for an episode of B-Movie Bonanza. Aside from the fact that I thought it might be interesting to use a film that is rarely seen doesn't have a DVD release um, and is so obscure uh, I thought that uh, maybe I could uh, uh, bring some attention to it I know there are some, some versions of it on YouTube I think there's a uh, I think there's two that claim to be the, the full movie, but one of them is 87 minutes. I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember what the length of the other one is, but if it's still up on Netflix at the time that this episode is posted, I highly recommend that you watch it there if you choose to watch along with me but you know as I've said before you really don't necessarily have to watch the films with me in order to enjoy the commentaries because I tend to go off on a lot of tangents <laughs> and I I uh, often share stories and personal experiences about discovering the films for the first time and my initial reaction to them so unless I'm referring to something specific that is on screen again it's not mandatory and um yeah but as I said before I went off on one of my famous tangents. That should be my middle name. I didn't have an appreciation for bad movies until I was about 24-ish. Maybe a little younger, maybe 23. Um, and there were a number of films that I would see on the shelves at my local mom and pop video store which again as I've said before comes up in every single episode of B-Movie Bonanza because it was such a uh, prominent part of my film fanaticism growing up uh, I'd seen it in in the horror section many many times for many years I looked at the box I read the synopsis but I'd always end up putting it back down 
because I could tell by the artwork and by the synopsis that it would be very bad. And I didn't really, again, have any interest in seeing any anything that was intentionally bad. Or, well, not intentionally bad, but legitimately bad, I should say. Here we have Sally Elise doing her famous squeal that is really painful and can shatter windows. Ah, it is really too bad that I don't have the sound on. Um, well, I have the sound on. I have an earpiece in, but it's uh, muted right now because I don't want to uh, interfere with... Uh, your uh, movie watching experiences, but this squeal, I, I don't know why she thought it was a good idea because it's really, really painful. But she's hallucinating that the, I don't know if she's hallucinating that the, the men who raped her initially are in the house or if it's the kids who were playing loudly outside her house and uh cat calling her or if these are supposed to be new attackers entirely maybe that's why there are three uh jokers it's possible i'm looking for multiple layers where i'm sure there are none not with a movie like this but um and she screams and has one of her fainting spells. Um, around the time that I rented the movie, I rented, uh, I rented Demented. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember exactly. I think it was The, the Ripper, uh, the Dom Savini movie, um, from 1985 that started the whole uh, trend for me where I would go back to the video store and specifically look for movies that I purposely chose not to rent based on the artwork their artwork and the uh, blatant just bad movie essence about them. It's like I would look at some of these boxes and it would be a, a pretty much a guarantee. It's like I knew I wouldn't I knew going in it was going to be bad. But I don't know why what what drew me to the Ripper at first but I guess I there was nothing else I'd gone through so many so many movies um, that I decided to give this one a chance and Tom Savini by the way supposedly hates that movie and refuses to even talk about it I might do that use that as a, as a future episode so I won't I don't want to talk too much about it now but I did rent it and I did really like it Despite the fact that it was really bad, I had a really good time with it. And after that, 
I would purposely go back and scour the shelves for movies that I had seen several times and purposely disregarded and I would go through them one at a time and some of them I did really like and some of them I didn't um, Demented was a, a movie of that era for me it, um, I remember that the tape that I rented was damaged pretty 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 bad uh, there were a lot of emulsion lines a lot of distortion mostly at the beginning of the film and then again towards the end and in the I just now pieced this together um, but in there, there's a really good documentary I highly I highly recommend it called uh, Adjust Your Tracking and it is focused on the VHS revolution as it's called and the uh, obsession and fascination with videotapes and people who only watch movies on VHS and collect them and have thousands and thousands of them but there's a uh, I think it was on a gesture tracking or it might have been rewind this I think it was a gesture tracking <laughs> again not a professional just doing this for fun um, but there's a moment in the in, in a gesture tracking where some of the commentators talk about they would get to a rental film and they would notice they would notice emulsion lines, static distortion, things like that, and they would know that there would be something gratuitous about to happen, whether it was a sex scene, nudity or extreme violence those that distortion is evidence that whomever had the tape prior to the viewer um, had rewound the scene over and over again and paused it and all that good stuff um, it makes me wonder if that was the case with Demented, and if so, whoever, whomever was watching it was pretty Demented, because that means they rewinded and paused and slow-moed slow the gang rape, the, the opening gang rape, because that is when the... That is when the distortion began, and it pretty much uh, stopped when we get to the scene in the car where Linda and Matt are driving home from the hospital. So that whole scene, I remember, had some defects in it, and it was pretty much to the point where it was almost unwatchable. Uh, the uh, the static was just so bad, and um, 
I don't think it was as terrible toward the toward the end, but I do remember that it was just the beginning and the end that had uh, that had been worn out or damaged or whatever. But um, the Linda character is is getting. She's becoming more and more unraveled as the uh, as the um, story progresses, and um, <laughs> what we're about to see here is the arrival of Linda's sister Annie who has been made aware of Linda's prior circumstances, her time in the hospital, and she is coming to visit to lend her support. One thing that always bugged me uh, and also makes me smile about this movie is the fact that the actress who plays Annie is British and this is an American film and Sal, um, Sally Elise is an American actress the Linda character is American everything is American however Linda's sister is British and there's no explanation for it. Um, uh, here we have... This really goes to show what kind of scumbag Matt is. Her, her husband Matt. Because uh, she just had an emotional, another emotional breakdown. To the point where she was so traumatized by a, the visions that continued to replay that she had to call the police because she thought that she was in immediate danger and uh, there were detectives at the house um, to question her detectives who really don't necessarily believe her or didn't necessarily believe her but um, nevertheless uh, Matt deemed it appropriate to visit Carol, played by Catherine Clayton, uh, who is his mistress. And in a minute, we're going to see uh, Deborah Alter, who plays Annie, uh, Linda's British sister. Was British for no reason, other than you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I honestly can't fathom why she was cast. I mean, there's nothing wrong with her necessarily as an actress, other than the you know she she has some pretty bad material to work with, and they deem it necessary to 
make her say things like, you're my sister, um, at least two or three times, as if to remind the audience that despite the fact that we're from completely different countries and grew up in different territories, we are still blood relatives. Um, I don't know, maybe the casting director didn't detect her accent at the time? I don't know. I don't... It's one of the great mysteries of the world. Like, who built the pyramids? Why is Annie British? Now, Matt is creeping home after spending time with Carol, his mistress, and, uh... Um... Linda is on high alert after what she's been through, so she... She, um... It believes that again she's in immediate danger and it go goes off on the offense and attacks her husband to believing that he is a potential attacker And Matt has to remind the audience that the men who have raped her are in prison. I think that is really to drive home the fact that that uh, Linda is is just unhinged. She was coming up. She's only in the film very briefly. Maybe that could have been. There she is. Maybe that could have been. Why uh, she was cast despite her. Her. Uh, um her origins because she's in the film only very briefly and uh as poorly written as the script is I will say that there's a really good line or exchange of lines in the dinner scene that's coming up where um you're my sister I love you see again just we know we know who you are we know what your relation is you don't have to keep saying it any but um there's there's a there's a scene uh, an exchange at, during the dinner scene after she alienates Annie 
due to her uh, temperament, Linda, that is, she sends Annie off. Oh, God, she just said it again. Do you remember when we were little kids? You were always my big sister. We get it. But, um... I can't get it out. Um... After Annie is, uh... After Annie is driven to the point where she leaves... Uh, Linda then turns to Matt... And uh, unloads on him. And she says... Uh, Why don't you just drop dead? And his response is... Well, I won't go that far, but I certainly will leave you alone. And I always thought that was a really good line. She just said it again. After all, aren't you my big sister? And the actress... The actress playing uh, Annie doesn't really look all that much younger in comparison to to Sally Elise. to Sally Elise. I don't know why they deemed it necessary to have the Linda character say or dwell on the the rape uh, over and over again. I mean, she talks about it incessantly, and in some ways, I get it. You know, I mean, it's it's obviously traumatic. I think she's going to say, "You're my sister again." She just said it again. You were always more than just a big sister. <laughs> but, um... Oh, Annie's leaving. Oh, no. And Matt just pointed out that she's her sister. Now you've alienated your your only sister. So the audience will obviously have no trouble forgetting who Annie is in relation to Linda. But anyway, um, this is some really poor acting here. Um, they've they feel I don't know why the the Alex Rebar the screenwriter deemed it necessary to have her Linda talk about the rape as often as she does I mean we're obviously not in realistic circumstances if 
this was real life, I could totally understand why somebody who'd been through uh, a, a similar trauma would feel the need to talk about it as often as she does. But we're uh, watching a 90-minute movie here, a really bad 90-minute movie here. And we've already seen uh, the trauma. We, you know, it's not really necessary. It's about as necessary to bring it up as often as Linda brings it up as it is necessary to bring up Annie's relation <laughs> to Linda, which is her sister. Mine is bogged down with a closet full of horrible memories. I don't want him to think he's living with the crazy. I think that's a little too late. You know, I mean, it's, it, now that we've, we're more than 50 minutes into the movie, now I can, I can, I kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to backpedal or backtrack a little bit here, and I can kind of see now why Matt would choose to take, this time to have an affair while his wife is going through what she's going through because she is a bit insufferable and impossible to be around due to her temperament and her edginess her demeanor she's uh <laughs> I, w I just thought of a a line from uh, Dr. Giggles one of my favorite horror comedies of the 90's where um, the uh, Nancy Fish character who's an elderly woman with a poodle who calls the police um, for every little noise and minor disturbance and uh, they cut to one of the police who's one of the policemen who's been in her house quite often and he remarks to his partner that old broad sees rapists in her hemorrhoid cream which is what <laughs> which is I think exactly um, where Linda is that line is very apropos because uh, if Linda did have the roids she'd be seeing rapists in there
Mark really wanted to check on her as he claims. Why don't he just ring the goddamn doorbell? Why is he creeping around the house? Um, the character, the actor who plays Mark, Chip Matthews, I feel like that name has been used before. I think Chip Matthews was the name of a guy that Monica dated on an episode of Friends. Um... But, uh, Chip Matthews plays Mark. He is also credited as Edward Talbot Chip Matthews. Um, I didn't bother with his uh, filmography because I would be willing to bet that he hasn't been in much else. But, um, Matt, who is supposed to be a doctor, what kind of doctor he is, is, is never, uh, clarified. Um, he's an MD of some kind because he talks about spending time in a hospital. But, for a doctor... He certainly gets an awful lot of time off because it seems whenever he's not at home, he's with his mistress. Or at least that's what the audience is led to believe because you never actually see him with a patient. You never see him at the hospital. But with a budget of $75,000, I doubt that they would be able to get the permits to film in an actual hospital. So, there's that. Here we have the, uh, the echo of the rapist cackle. coming up on a scene that are these wait a minute I think these are this is okay this is a uh, not in her head the scene here this is a the kids, friends of the kid who live next door, who know, I believe, they know uh, about her her previous ordeal, but for some reason think it's funny to break into her house and and torment her. 
They were obviously not raised right. But, um, we're a bit, or a bit far off from it, I think, but there's a dinner scene coming up that as cheesy as it is, as poorly written as it is, as poorly acted as it is, I, I do find it to be kind of disturbing, primarily because of the way it ends, and uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but... Like I said before, uh, although I think this would be classified as part of the rape-revenge subgenre of horror films, the victim is not taking revenge on those who um, have attacked her, but is instead seeing everybody else as the attackers. This includes um, the, the kids next door. I think she's officially lost her mind now. She's uh she's gone. singing and putting on something of a show here. A very odd, very odd show. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping that by the time this is, is posted, this episode is posted, uh, the movie is still up on Netflix. One of the one of my main issues with Netflix is they tend to uh, add and remove things pretty often. It's, it's one of my biggest qualms with them. It's uh, you, you go to look for something that's there one day and it's gone the next. That was the case with the uh, with the DVDs too. I used to get the DVDs through the mail, as I'm sure many of you had previously. But they would often have uh, movies listed on the site that they, if it had save underneath it, that meant that 
it either hadn't been released yet or they once had it in stock and they're pretty much never going to get it in again it's, it's gone because whoever rented it decided to keep it Okay, this scene is going on a little bit too long here. Uh, and I thought that the uh, the scene in the the opening scene in the car during the opening titles, I mean and not a whole lot is happening. So I'm not exactly 100% sure on what the kids were planning to do if they were just trying to, if the whole point of this was to scare her and that's it, or if they had planned something else, it's uh, not... I don't think entirely clear. But uh, Linda sees them as as her rapists again, as I've said before. So she's playing along because. Uh, she has something planned herself. Oh, I also wanted to mention too that Another interesting bit of trivia that I, I found on IMDb while I was looking some stuff up in preparation for the commentary was that there is an alternative title, um, which is Slay the Joker. Now, I don't know what territories that title was used or if it was a working title but nevertheless I'd never seen it um, I'd never seen it under that title I didn't even know it was released under that title or if it even was released under that title again but um, it's an interesting title nonetheless but I think I like Demented better, even though that there, are, even though there are a number of other films called Demented. I'm wondering if Scream Factory has any plans for a Blu-ray or DVD release. 
it seems that it seems that they've kind of lowered their standards a bit when it comes to the titles that they are putting out on Blu-ray. There are some movies that I really I don't think are worthy of um, a Blu-ray release. Um, and it seems an awful lot like they are specializing in movies primarily that have already been released in some way or another and re-releasing them either, um, on Blu-ray or as a Blu-ray DVD combo. Some stuff I can understand like Sleepaway Camp because it had those minor cuts in the original Anchor Bay release um, and you know it's cool to have the sequels on Blu-ray but there are certain movies that really I don't think <laughs> warranted a reissue or a um, especially not a reissue on a, a high quality HD format like um, like Blu-ray, especially when there are so many other movies out there like Demented that have never been released in digital format. somebody knocking at the door. I think it's one of the other kids. But as I said, um, oh no, this is the police. As I said with, uh, the uh, Sorority House Massacre 2 uh, episode that I had I had sent some tweets to to Scream Factory and asked if they had any plans on releasing the uh, the Sorority House movies or the Slumber Party sequels in HD and they said now which I found kind of irritating since again they're releasing such nonsense and re-releasing such nonsense but other other movies are totally ignored
I'm not sure who's under there. If that's Mark or if it's one of his friends. Yeah, I think it's well, I think it's one of his friends because he just called our lady. Um. So she's um. She is feigning a seduction scene. But, again, she has something up her sleeve. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but my wind chimes are going kind of crazy. As I said in an earlier episode of uh, B-Movie Bonanza, I've been um, assaulted by pigeons as of late who, who, for some reason, are attracted to my window. And the uh, the wind chimes are a necessary evil. They keep them away, but they're pretty loud. I really wasn't thinking of going to bed with a Halloween character. That doesn't even make sense. You know that with any film of the subgenre, when there is a woman who is, uh, excuse me, sexually assaulted, that there is going to be a castration by some by in some way. I mean that that's a given. Um. I think she's got a wire here wrapped around his scrotum. But yeah, there is, there's always some get on the floor and beg like a dog. There's always a castration and uh, he, he, he's, he's, he's really begging like a dog. 
I have a particular fondness for the castration that's in um, the original I spit on your grave. I just, I think it's funny. I don't remember, I don't remember the name of the, of the rapist, but I, I always thought it was funny that the, the character thought it would be safe to get undressed in front of a woman that he has sexually assaulted and get into a bathtub with her and think that this is going to go well. Okay, yeah, no, this is this is not anything good for for him. But this scene, it just goes on and on and on and on before anything actually happens. And now she's laughing like a witch. This is like a reminiscent of the. Uh, a witch in Hansel and Gretel, or or Snow White, or some or something along those lines. And she's still laughing. I'm not sure where the rest of them are. I think there were three that broke into the house. There's usually three whenever there's a an us against them situation between uh, one one person and a group. Oh, he's outside. Sure that the whole ooh she kind of just sprung out of nowhere there. I'm sure that the whole point of these scenes here was to to build suspense, but mm, they definitely could have been done with a, a bit of editing because. They just go on and on and on and on. And, uh... Here we have the dinner scene. Just a really... Is the music too loud? I don't hear music. Am I supposed to hear music? takes to make a pepper steak but 
bad food, especially meat. It stinks. I don't like anything that tastes bad. <laughs> oh my god. I apologize for the extended silences, but there's really not a whole lot going on on screen for me to commentate or comment on. So I'm really grasping at straws here. You're not eating and he's, why aren't you eating? His hands are tied behind his back and he's got a gag on. But yeah, as I said, I I do apologize for the dead, for the dead air. But there's not a whole lot going on, and I'm really grasping at straws here. I thought that I had prepared a little better for this episode by having some notes. He's trying really, really hard to act here. And it's kind of embarrassing. So he's a friend of Mark. Now she seems drunk. I have nice breasts. <laughs> I can understand, you know, that she's she's unraveled, she's unhinged. So this is these are the, the ramblings of somebody who is who is um, unbalanced, but. I think that uh, the screenwriter could have been a little bit more creative with what she's delivering here. I know that I said that I like this scene and I do find it a little bit disturbing, but this is another scene that seems just endless. Do you think I'm pretty? Come on. Now she's going on about Sunset Boulevard 
and Bambi really see this really makes me wish that I had somebody here with me so that we could go back and forth and and now I, I'm really wanting to do a mystery science theater 3000 type commentary because because um this is just lagging and I'm sure the majority of you have stopped listening by now if you've stuck with me throughout you have my sympathies now she's talking about crying when she broke the heel off of her shoe I mean come on doing this commentary I really think is making me like the movie less because I'm looking at it now with an analytical I, which is something that I always said that uh, people who watch these kinds of movies should not do but um, like I said I do consider this to be a bad film but a bad film that I usually have a good time with and now he's having a meltdown because she sees him as one of her perpetrators when he's not Okay, I think this, this scene's about to come to a close. Because she's going to get her surprise. She's going to get her surprise, and I feel like she's going to be gone for about a good 10 minutes because of the way that these scenes are lagging. Oh, she's back with a rifle. Is it really wise to be shooting a rifle that close to a fire? I don't think so. But now that she's dispatched with the last of the... Okay, yeah, again, Matt is with his mistress. He's a doctor who has no patience. <laughs> oh, goodness.
So she... This kind of doesn't make sense either, but because uh, Carol, his mistress, is now urging him to um, disclose the affair to Linda because she she wants more of a relationship with him. But earlier in the film. Uh, it's one. I think it's the oh, the very the first scene in which he visits Carol. She, you know, says that she has other men on the side who she visits and who also support her her spending habits. Um, and now it seems like she wants to be with Matt exclusively. I don't know what's changed, but. Um, I think that was a scene that was simply for padding, I really do. We're coming up on the final moments of the film now. And uh, we are about to see Sally Elise in the exact same pose as is seen on the video and poster art where she's brandishing the meat cleaver with a crazy look on his fa on her face and this is about to occur just as Matt is about to disclose that he's been having an affair all this time. There we go. I don't know how I feel about that ending. I really don't. Well, that's demented, and I feel de a little demented for spending these 90 minutes talking about it, and I'm sure you feel just as much, if not more, had you watched it with me, or had you just spent these 90 minutes listening to me try to... Uh, grasp for some something to talk about. I really didn't realize prior to this that there was there were so many scenes that really had nothing going on and nothing for me to talk about. If so, I probably would have gone with something else, but episode 16 is in the can, so say lovey. Now is the time to of course um, uh, pimp out my other sites um, please visit me on uh, the official B-Movie Bonanza website at uh, bfmovies.blogspot.com 
and my official blog at writerbrandonford.blogspot.com. Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Ford, all one word. Add me on Facebook, facebook.com, writer Brandon Ford. And um, I just added a, a Vimeo page. For those of you who are watching this on YouTube, um, please don't forget to visit me on Vimeo. Um, or for those of you who are watching this on Vimeo, please don't forget to see this. Check me out on YouTube. Um, so I guess that's about it. So until next time, this is Brandon Ford signing off. Thanks for listening, guys.